home, but aren't you glad that there's not a football game we've got to worry about right now? I would be all nervous and everything. Let's go with a message. I'm in a little series on Moses called Momentum in Leadership. Can you say that with me? Momentum in Leadership. And a lot of you know the story of Moses. Mama put him in a basket to save his life, set his sister down by the river, watch him. That happened. And then perfect timing, all planned. Pharaoh's daughter saw him, that little baby. Miriam said, oh, I know some nurse, some Hebrew woman that could nurse the child. And so it ended up that mama got paid to nurse the baby. And the baby's life was saved because all young children, because of the Egyptian king, said there was an edict that all the children be killed. And so mama saved this little baby's life. And his sister was a big part in it. And uh, last week, we're talking about Moses. Why? Because he's the greatest leader, perhaps, who ever lived. You think of leadership. He led a whole nation. They can say whatever they want to. Nobody led anybody, but Moses did this on dry land through the Red Sea. Amen say. And had to put up with some of the craziest people on the planet. Okay? And a whole generation of them perished in the wilderness. He was a great, great leader. So if we're going to learn leadership, here it is the beginning of the year. I want to have it right. I want to do a good job this year. And I hope that's your feeling as well. We can learn from this man. Amen? That's what we're doing. And I'm just drawing some things out. Now last week we saw Mo. Mo was mental. Some people are just crazy. And Moses was crazy. He got crazy. And we saw him do something He killed an Egyptian, tried to hide it and cover it up. Amen? So let's follow it now. Let's see where we are on the screen. Today we're talking about, we all can use this. Say it with me. We all can use some mo, some what? Some maturity. We need some mo maturity, baby. Come on, let's talk about it. Now Moses may have been schooled in Egypt, and he was, as the prince of Egypt. That's where he got his schooling. But his graduate studies, say it with me, they were what? Done in the They were done in the desert. See, he wasn't a leader when he was put in that basket. And he certainly wasn't a leader he thought he was when he killed that Egyptian. What's he going to do, kill every one of them? Is that what he's going to do, murder every Egyptian? And that's leadership? That's not leadership. That's not following God's plan. And last week we saw some crazy things about that people do when they go crazy in leadership. But let's move it further today. Now, when Pharaoh heard this thing, what thing? That Moses had killed, had murdered an Egyptian. The word was out. Now, he did look this way, and he did look that way, and he tried to cover it up, but somebody saw him. And that's where you and I go crazy when we make horrible choices and we think nobody's looking. Yes or no? That's not leadership. Covering up things is not leadership. Say that with me. Covering up things is not leadership. Okay? You can fool it, make it look like it is, but it ain't. So when Pharaoh heard this thing, what thing? That Moses had murdered the Egyptian. Moses did what? He hightailed it, baby. He fled from the face of Pharaoh, and he, say it with me, he dwelt in the land of Midian. And boy, he's wore out. Hot as a dog can be. In the desert. And so he finally finds him a well and he does what? He what? Sits down by a well. 
We're talking about maturity and leadership. Where do you get it from? How can you get it? Well, we certainly ain't seen it yet in him. But he did become the greatest leader of all time. How did he do it? So how do you get maturity? I believe you get maturity in hard times. I believe that's where you grow up. You grow up in hard times. I call it the desert. How many would say, hard times kicked my tail, but it made me who I am today? Let me see some hands. Kick my butt, baby! Excuse my language. When I talk like this on the radio, we do get phone calls. You know that, don't you? They don't understand. It's hard up here to talk plain English. Amen? And keep it all good. Here we go. In the desert, in the hard places, you learn, and Roger's going to push you, push me. God's with you in the desert. That's where you learn. Hard times, God's with me. You learn who you really are in the desert, who you really are, what you're really made of. Keep looking. I call it, this is what I've called it for years, the floor life. When you hit the floor, boom, I'm on the The floor life. We're talking about mo maturity. How can I get it? And I've said for years, I've told myself this, Gary Clark, the floor life ain't a bad life. Our problem so often is when we hit the floor, we gripe, we moan, we groan, we complain, and we learn nothing, absolutely nothing from that experience. And times in my life when I've been hurt so bad, and I thank God that he, had, he gave me his spirit to cry out for wisdom. You know, I don't want, if I don't want to go through all this, excuse my language, crap that happens sometimes and leave out the same way I came in. It's called the floor life. Are you all getting my drift so far? Yes or no? All right, that's what we're talking about. The floor life is not a bad life. Why do you say that, crazy preacher? Because that's where you can experience the fresh air of the Holy Spirit of the living God. They tell you in a fire, what? Get up, breathe up here? No. They tell you in a fire, get down, man! Get down! And you walk, you're crawling down there, and you're breathing. You're not breathing this mess up here. You all right? The floor life. It's in the floor life that I've experienced the fresh air of God, where I can finally, He got my attention. I can hear him now. And that's where Moses is. Y'all hearing me? Hard to hear God when you're the prince of Egypt, isn't it? When you're sitting back on your big easy chair eating grapes by some hot chick. That's a good life. I'm not arguing with that, but I'm just saying. But you're not probably going to hear too much of Jesus right there. Amen? Listen, the floor life is where you can get a what? A what? A firm what? Footing from the free fall. Oh, man, I'm falling. I can't believe it. I'm going through this and that. And then, bam. Can't get no worse than this. I've hit rock bottom. But at least I've hit rock. At least there's no more falling from here. All I can do now is do what? All I can do is look up now. 
The floor life's not a bad life. That's where Moses is right now. The floor life is where you can learn personally, personally, that God will never leave you nor forsake you. If everything has to be good in your life, good, 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 or you're going to gripe and moan and groan and whine, you'll never, ever know that God will never leave you. I hate to tell you this, sometimes it takes other people walking away from you to teach you that He never will. That's, that's a lesson I don't like learning, but I've learned it. Sometimes somebody has to pass away for you to start really wanting heaven and thinking about heaven. You've got to put a little treasure on the other side sometimes. That makes me want to go and get there. Amen? And as much as my heart broke this week with losing my father-in-law. How many remember two weeks ago I was just ad-libbing through the message and I said, I love you. Did you all remember that? I thank God that he heard that. Not like me just to go, I love you. But I do love you, Miss Tom. Amen right there. Amen. But the point is, is that as a family, we hurt this week, but we gained some treasure now, more treasure on the other side. I have not seen, say it with me, or, nor ear heard the things that God has prepared for you, for His children. Amen? So the floor life, I'm not, I'm not promoting the floor life today, going to ask you to go out and buy you one. But it is, it is a place that you're going to learn to, get up to be a leader. Y'all hear me? Yes or no? The bottom ain't all that bad. Say that with me. The bottom ain't all that bad. One more time. The bottom ain't all that, that bad. And I've been there. How many can say that with me, Pastor? I've been there. And my bottom might not have been as bad as your bottom. But who's, who, when you're on the bottom, who's arguing? Who's comparing? Okay? The bottom's the bottom. Yeah, but I had it worse than you. Hush your mouth. The bottom's the bottom. Amen? Come on. God is there. He's there on the bottom. Well, I know He's there on the top. But so often we don't see good. He's there on the bottom. Especially when everybody else seems to have left you. And He's there. Thank you, Lord. Did you ever wonder in your life, where did God go? Where'd you go, God? Why? Why? Moses, I can hear him saying, he was, he was hurting one of your kids, so I killed him. He deserved it. You weren't doing it. You didn't show up. Oh, I know just Moses does that kind of thinking, right? Or do we all do it? Yeah. Where'd you go, God? That's where Moses is. I write things sometimes. It's one of my favorite things I've ever written in my life. Say that with me. God is never gone. Say that with me. Come on. God is never gone. It might not even be good English. I hope it ain't. Say it with me again. God is never gone. Can we say it? Shout it one more time. One, two, three. God is never gone. God is never gone. You remember that when you find your tail on the floor. He's here somewhere. <laughs> He's here somewhere. <laughs> I'm going to find him because God is never gone. 
I love this scripture. Deuteronomy 32, because I will... And by the way, this scripture written by Moses under the inspiration of the Spirit. Because I will publish the name of the Lord. Ascribe ye greatness unto God. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all His ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is He. That's our God. For the Lord's portion is His people. Jacob is the lot of His inheritance. He found him in a desert land. Say that with me. He found him in a desert land, in the waste, howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him, say it with me, as the apple of his eye. What a beautiful scripture. As an eagle stirs up her nest, flutters over her young, spreads abroad with her wings, takes and bears him on her wings, so the Lord alone did lead them And there was no strange God with them. Isn't that powerful scripture? God has never gone. He never left His children. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? Powerful. Mo maturity. Moses was full of himself, guys. You don't get maturity by being full of yourself. He looked this way. He looked that way. When he saw that there was no man, he he murdered the Egyptian. And he hid him in the sand. He was full of himself, guys. He looked this way. Look at it. Go ahead. He looked that way. Watch the arrows fly. That's cool, ain't it? I like that. But one thing Moses did when he killed the Egyptian, he never looked up. Uh Uh-oh. We're talking about maturity this morning. How do you get there? And because he didn't look up and he did it his way because he was full of himself, he found himself in a whole heap of mess. Let's do another honest test. How many would say, Pastor Gary, because of what I did, I was in the desert. It was my fault. I did it. Thank you for being honest. That's what it's going to take to have that maturity you need to follow the Lord. Now, when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses, kill him. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh. He dwelled in the land of Midian. So now Moses is in the desert, and the message is flying really quick now. We're going to move. There's nothing in the desert but barrenness and aloneness. People don't like, I'm going to retire to the desert, unless you're crazy people that want to move to Arizona. I don't get it. But no, it's nice out there. It really ain't the desert when you got the high-dollar facilities. Amen? No facilities here, baby. I've been there. There are only two things to look at in the Sinai Desert. Sand and rocks. I've been on tour buses down through the deserts over in the Holy Land, that area. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Where are we at? I want a Pepsi. Where are we? You know what I'm saying? I want a bus, man. I'm like, whoa. Crazy. That's where Moses was. No real plant life. No oceans. No rivers. No lakes. And not many what? In the desert, how can a man grow out here? There's no way he can do it. The desert's a very lonely place. It's a place where what? Time stands still. You ever been hurt so bad that the clock doesn't hardly even move? It's just time is moving so slow. You're hurting so bad and you just can't wait till the morning to the sun to come up. And it's just killing you watching that clock. That's the desert life. And that's where you can learn to be a leader. So what did Moses do? Moses, say it with me, number one, Moses what? Sits down. 
That's one thing you can do in the, on the floor. You can do that when you're there. I'm shot almost, but at least I can sit down for a minute. So he sits down. He sat down by what? Well, we're just making some quick points. Moses now does what? See, he's wore out in that desert. He sits down. I can't do it anymore. There's nothing out here. They're coming to get me. It's just a matter of time. If they don't kill me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die anyway. I believe I'll sit down over here. Thirsting to death, found him a well, and he sits down. Good. Stop running, Moses. Now he stands up. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water from that well he was at. And they filled the troughs to water their father's flock. And the shepherds came, other shepherds came and drove these girls away. That's how they treat women. But Moses did what? Say it with me. Moses did what? One more time. Moses did what? He stood up. And he helped them. Have you ever thought about maybe trying to help somebody other than yourself when you're on the floor? Instead of getting everybody, calling everybody on the phone and trying to get everybody everywhere, how about you start just lifting your head a little bit and maybe find somebody that might be worse off than you? How about that? Yeah, you need to sit down and realize where you're at. I get that. But to just lay down there, pity, poor pitiful old me, you know, well, I'm going to die. The women should die too. That wasn't his attitude, was it? He stood up. There's some life in this man. And so Moses stood up and he helped them. And he did what? He watered their flock. That's what he did. Number three, Moses, say it with me, had what? Are you kidding me? Just a little bit ago, he about to die. Sitting down by a well, hotter than a dog in a desert. But because he stood up, he's fixing to eat some supper. Did y'all hear me or not? Might be crazy preaching, but we had a country group in here, and it's a country message today. Amen? Say. Which there, there's one of these every week, I think. Here we go. And when they came to rule, the girls came to rule their father. He said, how is it that you're come home so early today? Usually you have to be last, and the shepherds harass you, and, and they don't let you get water till the very last because you're a woman. Back of the line. The way they treat them. And they said an Egyptian... That's who they thought he was. They didn't know who Moses was. They didn't know that he was really born an Israelite. An Egyptian delivered us out of the hands of the shepherds. He drew water enough for us all, and he watered our flock, Daddy. And Dad said unto his daughters, Well, then where is he? Why is it you've left a man like this, you crazy women? Get him. Come on. Have him come eat dinner with us. So he had some supper. You think Moses is feeling a little bit better, maybe just a smidgen? Maybe just a little bit. Number four, Moses is what? He's satisfied. Now this man's on the floor. He was a prince. He's in the desert. It's barren. He's alone. He's a, he's a hunted man, a wanted man. Can't get much worse than this. His fall was from way up here to way down there. And Moses was content to dwell with this man. This man who? Those girls' daddy. Sure beat being out there in the desert. At least I got some sheep. At least I got something going on. 
And having these ladies ain't a bad thing. I can sure he said that. And Moses was content with this man rule. And he gave Moses Zipporah to be his bride. Wow. What we're seeing right here, guys, is Moses growing up. We're seeing Moses become the man that God wants Moses to be. The evil king raised Moses a certain way, the way of the day, to be a mighty warrior and a king. But God had another plan for him. He was schooling him in a different way, the desert life. Y'all hear me? And he's getting maturity here. Number five, Moses is what? He's secure. Can you imagine his insecurity when he left Egypt, when he's on the run, looking over his shoulder, wondering what's going to happen? And Moses is finally at a place in his life without all the, you know, the fittings of a king and a castle and all the things that come with that. He's in a desert with a common family, keeping sheep, working hard. And it's right there that he found security and peace. He's secure. Zipporah bare him a son and he called his name Gershom, for he said, the name Gershom means, I have been a stranger in a strange land. And we're seeing this man mature before our very eyes. What can we learn today about Mo maturity? Push us just a little bit, Raj. The desert. Moses graduate school. We're not much longer. I know you think it's going to be all day. It's not. Let's look at these points. Let's just look at them real quick. We saw a man go from a man who was going to be killed for what he had done to now a man, because of what he did, he's now happily married with a beautiful baby boy and he's content in his heart. And that's what God wants for you. And he's going to develop this man. But first of all, the word self-reliant. Self-reliant. He was self-reliant. He was relying on himself. I can do it. I can make it. I can do it. And I like that initiative. I want, if you're going to be a leader, you've got to have some initiative, okay? But you can't just rely on yourself. You've got to come sometimes, most times, I guess all the time, you've got to come to the end of yourself and just sit down. good place to sit down is at the feet of the Lord. And that's the beauty of the floor life, too. Since you're already on the bottom, it's easy to kneel. <laughs> Amen? You're not worshiping you anymore. So Moses wasn't, Moses wasn't the prince of Egypt anymore. He's not self-reliant anymore. Moses comes to a point in his life where he sits down. He's humbled. He's humbled. We see Moses is... He's been humbled now. He's just by that well. But in his humility, God allowed him to do what? What does the Bible says? God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the what? Guys, it's when we're humble that we can stand up. So often we want to stand up full of ourselves. No, we need to humble ourselves. And as you grow in maturity, you can stand up in humility. Does that make any sense? He stands up, but he stands up a different man. He doesn't stand up. I'm going to kill you because I'm the prince of Egypt. He ain't a nobody. He ain't no prince of Egypt. All they know him as is the Egyptian. But he's humble now. 
He doesn't have all the, the notoriety and the fame anymore. Nobody knows who he is. Are you kidding me? But he's humbled, and it's there that he can stand up. And God's working on him. Number three, he's dependent. That's the beauty of pain. Stay with me. That's the beauty of suffering. It makes us dependent. This last week in our family with Kim's dad, there was a lot of dependency on the Lord this week. See, things are out of our hands. If it was in our power, we would heal him. I would want him to live right here with us forever. But disappointed unto man wants to die. And after this, the judgment. And so the Lord took him home. And we had to be dependent on the Lord and his will. Y'all hear me? That's what you learn in suffering. That I can't do it. I can't do it on my own. I can't. I just can't. Moses learned that. Oh, he's learning it. And as he's dependent, he can't do nothing. He don't know where his next meal's coming from. And guess what? God provides. God provides. No, it won't no fancy feast at the Egyptian palace. But I guarantee it, no matter what it was, he's glad to get it. Amen? He's dependent now. He's content. If you're going to be a leader, I'm not saying you don't set goals and try to reach out there and grab it. Go get it, man. But guys, if you're not content, if you're not, if you're not content with yourself, with your own skin, with the way you look, you're, all, you're just never happy, that's not leadership. Being content Knowing that God's in control. Knowing that He made me fearfully and wonderfully made. Give us this day. How did Jesus teach us to pray? Give us a whole pot full of money. Did He pray like that? Give us this day our daily what? Amen. Come on. So He's content. And Moses finds himself. Here he ate everything that a man could ever eat in his life. And he's eating some kind of mess out there that wasn't high dollar. I guarantee it. And he's as happy as can be. He's satisfied. He's content. That's part of leadership. And identity. Identity. He finally found inside himself who he really was. Here he tried to kill an Egyptian Egyptian who was killing one of his people. But he was really an Egyptian prince. Is that correct? I mean, he wasn't, but he was. But he's trying to relate with his own people. He's going to be the avenger. I'm like you, man. Just because you kill somebody don't make you like me. How about you get out here in the desert where we live? How about you have nothing and get on the other end of the stick, Jack, where you're getting hunted down like a dog like we do every day? And you know, Moses found himself. He found out who he really was. I would encourage you to say this. Say it with me. I matter. I have value. One more time. I matter. I have value. If you can get to that place in your life where you can look in the mirror and you can say that and mean that, it ain't an easy journey, guys. But learn to be secure. No, I'm not as good as that one. I don't have the big head of hair that joker had on the end down there. I know that. I get that. You don't need to tell me later, okay? 
But I know one thing. My daughter Elise thinks I'm as good looking as the day is long. And she loves this old slick ball head. Amen. She told me that when she was a little girl. She saw a picture of me with hair and she said, that's not my daddy. The other day I'm running with Danny, little Danny that was sitting on my lap this morning about driving me crazy, this whole thing. She, she and I are running, and I was, I was like, I'm 55. But I didn't say that, but I'm running with her. And I said, slow down, Danny, I'm old. And a little six-year-old now looks up at me and goes, you're not old. Wow. She doesn't see me as old. Why do I see myself that way? I can be a dad at 55. Just got to get there. Amen? I'm talking about being secure. He was and who he was. And he was identifying with his people. And he started living the life they lived. And now he's got a wife. And he's got some, some young'uns. And Moses is being the leader. He's starting to be maturing into the leader that we're going to see him be in this series. He ain't there yet, but God's working on him. Remember, even in the desert, say it with me. One more time. One more time. He's never gone, guys. He's never gone. That's where you can grow up. That's where I can grow up. And that's where all of us can get us some what? Mo maturity. Not as long as I usually do, but let's, give, let's praise the Lord for this word this morning. Amen. Just a little time in the word. We'll pick up Moses next time. We'll see God molded.